that first check online is a magical moment. The first time you receive a check, the first time you get a Stripe payment in your bank account, it's a magical moment because now you go from someone who just heard maybe from you and me, you know, like, yeah, you can build an online business. We know maybe you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you get the idea, but you haven't experienced it. When you experience it, you're going to feel like, hey, I can do this. It's real, right? This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 830. And today we continue on our journey. I'm here with John Lent from 10X Pro. Hey, John. Hello, hello. How are you? We are answering unanswered membership questions. We've had a look on Facebook. We found a group that's relatively unattended with tens of thousands of members and they're scratching around for answers to their biggest questions relating to membership sites. And since you know a lot about membership sites, especially the platforms running it, Mm -hmm. and I know plenty about membership sites, having been in that space for a while and seen a lot of clients to success, we thought we'd answer some of the questions in there that might be useful for someone listening. So let's get straight into it. Mm -hmm. First one is... Should I hire a videographer or buy video equipment and wing it? What do you think about that? Well, you could do that if you wanted to, or you can just go fast and uh, stop worrying about it and uh, pull out your iPhone or Android device and start recording some good, valuable content for your members, content that is going to help them solve the problems that they're facing, because ultimately that's why they are going to join your membership site or pay you or watch your videos because they're suffering from something or they want the solution to something. They don't know how to do something. They want to find out what's the best way to do it, or maybe they want advice. They want to hear from someone who has been there before. So that's what they want, right? And whether you do this in a fancy way or not, to me, it doesn't really matter. As long as the content is really, really good, then people will forgive you for not having the best camera in the world. People will forgive you for not having the best background in the world. People will forgive you for not having the best microphone in the world. As long as it's good and as long as it really helps them, then they will feel, hey, this is a cool person. They know what they're talking about it. I'm getting to know that person. I'm getting to like that person. I'm getting to trust that person. And therefore, what that's going to do is going to help you build your audience because now they're going to start following you. It's going to help you maximize your sales because now they're going to feel more inclined to purchase your stuff. And uh, if it's a member, now they're going to be happy customers and they will stay for the long term, right? So for me, I would not worry about it. Personally, I had all the equipment that you can think of, the fancy Canon cameras, the fancy $2,000 lenses, the fancy stuff. I gave it away. I sold it. It was too much, too much steps, too many steps, too much tech stuff. I get it. If you like it, that's great. But these days with an awesome mobile phone, you have great quality. And um, I know a lot of friends who have very successful YouTube channels that The only thing they use is their mobile device. So if it's good for them, then I guess it's good for you if you're starting out. So I wouldn't worry about it. That's my take. With the memberships that you've seen set up, do you see mostly people using on-camera, like face-on-camera videos, or are you seeing screen share or a combination? Obviously, you can embed a picture of you inside a screen share. What do you think is popular? What do you see a lot of? The answer is that it depends. It depends on the market. There are some markets where on-camera works better because maybe you need to demonstrate something. Like, for example, if you are into the cooking market and you need to show them some recipes, well, on-camera and showing how to cook is obviously going to be important to be on-camera. 
But if it's, for example, you are into stock trading, then maybe just sharing your screen and showing you how to trade, then that's fine. You don't have to be on camera. I personally like some videos to be on camera because again, it's about getting them to know you, like you, trust you. And that makes it for a better community. They know who you are. Um, and, um, you know, that always helps, helps your retention, helps people join your list, your audience, all of that stuff. So I like to have some on camera. You don't have to, if you don't want to. I always recommend at least one, you know, like if you're creating a course, I like to have at least one on camera. The rest can be just screen recording. So, yeah. Okay. So a couple of great points there. And I'll just add to that in my own membership, it's predominantly screen share videos of me recording keynote presentations, but I do have the face to camera stuff. I have face to camera welcome videos. I have face to camera, how the coaching works type stuff or how this section works videos. And I do also send looms to people. Sometimes it's the screen. Other times it's just me. If they send a video of just them to me on loom, mm -hmm. then I'm going to send a video of just me back on loom. So right. it comes down to what modality are your customers happy with? What market are you in? If the industry is a highly polished professional industry, if you're trying to bring a masterclass to the market and you're spending tens of millions, then you're going to have to have a professional film crew. Just like you, John, I actually had all the fancy gear. I had boom mics, I had mixers, I had mm -hmm. amps, I had cameras and lenses and so forth. But what they really were, if I'm honest about it, was aside from you know trying to level up from the crappy sort of equipment we had back then, we used to have flip cams and mm -hmm. Kodak ZI8s and stuff. So we, yeah. we didn't have iPhones when I started my membership. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. So the cameras weren't as good. I was trying to level up, but I was also finding a little bit of distraction in it. It's easy to get excited about tech equipment and get your eye off the focus, which is really just driving people to the offer and then actually providing them a great service. So yeah. if you're using it as an excuse or a crutch to get away from actually doing what's important, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. If the only way you'll create content is to book time in a studio or book a professional crew to come to your house and you have a deadline and they come and they record stuff and it's done and it's polished and they hand you the work fairly quickly afterwards, which is a trap mm. and you can afford it, then by all means, get a crew in. Sure. I think the least likely option is to go out and spend all your time and effort, especially at the early stages of a membership, equipping your studio with every piece of equipment under the sun only to overwhelm you, bog you down, slow you down. Mm. I agree with John. Mm -hmm. As a time of recording this in 2021, you have everything you need with an iPhone. And if you don't have good lighting, just go outdoors if you want to do face to camera. Yep. If you don't want to do face to camera, it's irrelevant anyway. Just get Camtasia if you're on a Windows or get ScreenFlow if you're on a Mac and you can record stuff straight from your computer and make courses without having to show yourself. If you're an introvert or you're in a market like stock trading or gaming where maybe you don't need to be on it, yep. then that's fine. In terms of what I'm using these days, I've got a simple studio setup. I do have a nice camera and I do have a nice light and I've got a simple USB plug-in microphone. I still don't have fancy amps and stuff. That gets me a really good quality of camera and sound that is good enough for podcasts, it's good enough for memberships. The whole lot probably costs about 2000 bucks. So don't get excited about making your studio amazing. Mm -hmm. But I could get by with just a Logitech webcam and a plug-in USB mic. Mm -hmm. I do think sound is as important as the visual and lighting is a consideration. You don't want skeletal skull face or shadows under your eyes or whatever. So pay attention to your light, pay attention to your sound. And for sound, 
an audio technica or a rode usb style microphone for a hundred dollars is enough hundred and fifty dollars two hundred dollars maximum budget you're in good sound territory mm-hmm. for light you can buy from the local shops one of those electrical stores will sell you for about ten or twenty dollars a ring light on a stick that plugs into a USB port. That is enough. And beyond that, you can get a really good quality one, like a Kodak or something. And that's, again, a few hundred dollars, you're maxed out. In terms of the camera, for filming stuff pre-recorded, iPhone is all you need. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to have a really good live setup, sure, get a DSLR camera and an ATEM Mini Pro and all of that for your recordings and interviews. But, you know, even at my level now, which is established, mature, that is enough equipment. You don't need to go beyond that. Right. And a bit of soundproofing never hurt if you're in a noisy place. Sure. So let's move on. Sure. How do you approach JV partners and affiliates when there's no current relationship? Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, ideally, you want to have some kind of relationship with them and you want to have an exchange of value, right? So if they don't know you, well, you need to try to make sure that you get to know them. And one of the best ways to do, instead of asking them to help you, then think about how you can help them. Like maybe you can start promoting them first or you can contribute to their network. You can participate Maybe they have a forum or a community or, or a Maldives mastermind or a mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, join their mastermind. That's how we met. Yeah. That's how we met. Exactly. Just be a normal, cool guy. Get to know them. Don't have any plan, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this because I want him to promote me or some crazy thing like that. Just be natural and see where it goes and try to be helpful first, build that relationship. And uh, if it works great, if it doesn't work, well, you know, that, that's fine. You know, just try to be helpful and try to participate in that market. And maybe the deal or the promotion might not happen now, but maybe it might happen in a few years. Or maybe they might not promote you, but maybe they're going to introduce you to someone else. You know, maybe they don't have the time, but hey, you know, uh, they can introduce you to someone who might also be starting out like you. And you guys can then do what's called a swap and, you know, promote each other, whatever, right? It's all about building your network, getting to know interesting people, you know, partners. It's basically other people like you, you know, entrepreneurs who are building their business. So whether they promote you or not, I mean, that will be a plus, but it doesn't have to be. It's always great to just getting along with like-minded people and connecting because we're all alone in our own offices or whatever house and we're building our business. It's so good to just be able to simply brainstorm with someone else or just talk to someone else who is doing the same thing as us. You know, it's so rare. You know, that's already a win-win, you know, and if the relationship grows, maybe you promote them first or you help I don't know, the members, maybe you buy their products. I mean, that would be, you know, a good first step, buy their product, become one of their clients, or like you said, join their mastermind and be helpful there. And uh, in the community, maybe have a little commenting section and try to help. And then I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, you always get what you want if you help enough people get what they want or something like that, right? Yep. So that's the name of the game. Help first and don't expect anything. And if it comes, great. And at some point, yeah, you might need to ask. So don't be afraid to ask or say, hey, would that work? And if it's a no, then that's okay. You have a good relationship now and you're growing a business. So that's what I would say. If you don't have a relationship, build one. You know, I taught that Zig Ziglar saying to my son, Jack, and when he was a little baby down at the bike park, 
we watched him walk over to a kid and the kid started holding Jack's ball and Jack grabbed the kid's bike and rode off. <laughs> so, mate, what happened? He goes, I just asked him if he wants to have a go of my soccer ball. And I said, I'll let me hold your bike while you have a turn. <laughs> he was only like three or something. He was really just a kid. Right. But he understood the concept and that's a complete stranger. Yeah. Look, I think it's pretty simple. Be interested in people. It's easy to follow people on social media. It's easy to reply back or do a little tweet or something. It's yeah. easy to find out what people are interested in. It's easy to send a physical gift in the post. I've said this many, many podcasts, but to get my attention, it's as simple as sending me a little surf wax or a leg rope or you know a fin key or something and easily get my attention enough to read whatever comes with it. Right. So it's not that hard. Get to know people socially, help them out. Certainly join their programs, be part of their community, maybe promote them, let them know how your program can help them. So when I have a lot of guests on my podcast who have books, it's easy for me to ask them to my podcast because I can say, I would like to introduce you to my audience. My audience really like books. They tend to buy books from authors who come on the show and talk about it. Would that be something you're interested in? And they say, yeah, absolutely. Let's book it in. I have a really high acceptance rate of people. In terms of people speaking at my event, a lot of them know about my event. They've seen it in the, you know, me promote it. They ask if they can speak at it. So it's a pull market, which means they come to me saying, can I speak at your event? How do I apply? Can I present to your members? So they want to be there. They know about it. I've built something special. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can do, if there's someone you know who you want to JV with, have a look at where they've appeared on podcasts or where they've spoken and look on their LinkedIn for common contacts and find someone who you know well who is either been on their podcast as well or is a connection on LinkedIn and then ask them to introduce you. Yeah. I get introduced to strangers all the time through intermediaries who I trust. And when they introduce me to a stranger, I already automatically place some value in that introduction because of who is making that referral. Yeah. I made an introduction today. Yeah. I introduced a marketer to an ad conference because he saw that I was speaking it there. And he asked if he could get an intro mm -hmm. and I did yeah. because I like this guy and he's got good stuff and also have a connection to the ad platform. So he went from complete stranger to a warm introduction from someone they already liked and invited to their platform. Mm -hmm. So that's how you do it. Yeah. All right. After you've done a good job with someone, ask them who else they know who should be on the show or who should be in the program and they will make referrals and then it's easy from there on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Here's another question I like. Okay. At what point did you know you were providing value to your members? Like, what were the signs? <laughs> well, they don't cancel. That's already that's a, a good uh, indication. <laughs> yeah, if they stay to month two on yeah. a subscription, yeah, yeah, that's the first sign you're looking for. Sign. That you don't have a rush to the exit, right? right? Everyone's saying, how do I get out of here? Yeah. That's a good sign, like low churn. There's a lot of experts in this market who are very good at launching or selling and all that. And we all know those horror stories of those guys. Mm. They promise and promise and promise. Yeah. And their copy is amazing. And like, yeah, we can sell to an Eskimo, whatever, you know? And uh, yeah, they're the greatest of the greatest. That's great. And then what? One week later, they lost 80% because their content is garbage, actually. And their course is garbage. And their memberships site, you don't even see them. And then they promise you a group on Facebook and they actually never show up because, yeah, you know, why? Why providing value, right? You got the sale. You're such a great marketer. You're so awesome. But guess what? It's about delivering the content, right? Well, 30% refund rate is like the industry standard for yeah. launches. Yeah, exactly. 
That's despicable. That's disgusting. I'd be very distressed. If my refund rate was above 1%, I'd be horrified. Exactly. That's just outrageous that that could even be acceptable. Yeah. That's in my value system. Exactly. So that means overinflated, overhyped copy, signing Mm -hmm. up the wrong people for the wrong solution for where they're at. Yeah. That's why, you know, you and I often we're doing things like a $1 access Mm -hmm. or a low ticket. People can get coaching from me from $10 per month. Like I don't feel that that's too much to ask of anybody to try it out. And, you know, if someone asked me for a refund on $10, then I just think, where did it all go wrong? Mm. You know, like I'd have to really upset someone for that to be bad value. But in any case, it doesn't happen. So I'm happy about that. So I think the value signs are that people aren't leaving. Mm -hmm. People are happy. People are making referrals. People are commenting in the success section. Now, if you have a membership, I strongly urge you to create an environment where people can post their wins, whether you call it wins, whether you call it success. Let people post their wins and it encourages other members to know that you are getting success in this program. You can take success stories and with permission, if you ask nicely, and I actually did something you taught me, John, I took a net promoter score Mm -hmm. and I look for my 10s, which is a lot. And when they put a 10, I asked them if they'd be happy to talk about that or, or to be a case study or whatever. Other things, you know, when people say, yes, I'm happy to be a case study, I'm happy for you to publish my comments, that's also a sign they're happy and grateful and they're feeling like they got great value. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you have frameworks or like I do with my coaching, I have a forum where it's easy for me to see the wins people are having because, you know, I'm coaching them one-on-one. I see them in the private thread. I have a weekly call for the Superfast Business Intensive members and for Silver Circle members, and I'm regularly in contact with my partners. I have my finger on the pulse and I see what they see. So I know if they're winning or not. And if they're not winning, I take it seriously. That's my job. (laughs) I need to make sure they win. So that's how you know. And it should happen quickly. You shouldn't be in any mystery. It shouldn't be waiting till a renewal period to discover everyone's leaving, Mm -hmm. you know, a mass exodus. Yeah. I mean, you can see, you know, and if you're using tools like 10xpro.io, you can see things like, hey, have they logged into the members area recently? Have they land on this page? So you can do all these type of tracking to give you that intelligence to know, wow, look, this is something as well that we do. Like, when was the last time they logged in? If it was a long time ago, then, hey, you better follow up with them because maybe something's mm. wrong. Maybe you're not, I don't know, providing enough value or um, you are talking about stuff that they are not that interested. So definitely have a follow-up campaign there and send them an email, right? Just send them a personal email and try to find out how you can serve. I mean, yeah, I like what you said. At the end of the day, yeah, we have a business, but also we have a job to do in that business. Mm. And that job is to deliver on our promise. I think a lot of people forget that. Yes, they get excited about the marketing and they forget about the actual, you know, serving other yeah. humans. Yeah. So here's another one. How big was your email subscriber list? This was a proposed question for someone with a successful membership site. Mm-hmm. What size memberships are you seeing? I've got an inkling what your answer might be because I've been interviewing a lot of 10X Pro customers lately. Yeah, I mean, that's a question we get in a different uh, format as well. It's like, hey, how big should my list be before I launch my membership site? So it's kind of like a similar type of question, you know. Some people worry about, hey, I don't have any email list, you know, or um, when should I do it? And okay, well, if you don't have an email list, yes, you should start building your email list. Because as we talked about before, building an email list is one of the most important things that you should do. It was the most important thing that we should do when you and I started back in early 2000s. And it's still the number one thing that we should do. And I'm glad to finally see some YouTubers, some social media guys who are now understanding after all the terrible things that happened 
last year from a social media control perspective from all of these platforms, they are understanding that being the platform for no reason is a real problem, is a real threat. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just might happen because all of these things are managed by robots, not humans. So they understand that, ah, actually I should be in control of my own audience, just like you've been teaching for all of these years. Mm. And the only way to be in control of your business and to be in control of your audience is to build your email list because then you can send messages whenever you need to and you can do all sorts of marketing and you can do the follow-ups and whatever, right? So yeah, you should be doing that on an ongoing basis. It needs to be one of your main priorities. So if you are starting at zero, then try to start and getting your first one, second one, and then start to grow. Now, when can you actually launch or release your open the doors to your membership site? Do you need to wait for a specific number? No, the answer is no. I've, I've seen guys open the doors to their brand new membership site when they had a list of 20 people. I've seen people do it with 500 people. I've seen people do it with 5,000, or maybe they already had a bigger email list. You can do it. Now, of course, are you going to get as many sales as someone who has a 10,000 subscribers email list? Are you going to make the same kind of money as if you only have 20? Of course not, right? But what's important is to get started, validate your idea, get at least one person to buy. That's the most important thing. If one person buys, that means it's telling you that, ah, my sales letter is not that bad. Someone bought it. 10 people landed, one bought. That's a 10% conversion rate. Okay, they bought. That's great. Now, the next thing is that did that one person actually like it? Are they happy with myself? Let me talk to that person. Let me find out what they thought about my thing. Maybe they love it. Great. That's giving you that confidence to keep going. And now you're going to get two people and two will become four, four, eight, eight, 16, et cetera, et cetera. You keep on growing. You keep on going. It's going to give you that motivation that maybe it's going to be the first check. That first check online is a magical moment. The first time you receive a check, the first time you get a Stripe payment in your bank account, it's a magical moment because now you go from someone who just heard, maybe from you and me, you know, like, yeah, you can build an online business. We know you, maybe you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you get the idea, but you haven't experienced it. When you experience it, you're going to feel like, hey, I can do this. It's real right? And uh, that's going to give you all that confidence that you need to keep on going. And then little by little, if you keep on doing the right thing, if you have an offer that converts, if you have a good product that's going to deliver and help them get the results, if you show up as a coach and you help them and they're giving you positive feedback, then keep on doing that and your business will grow. And over time, it's going to keep on accelerating because that's the magical thing is that it's just going to compound on itself. It compounds and the velocity keeps on increasing, right? Like I said, one becomes two, two, four, four, eight, eight, 16, 16, 32, and it goes faster and faster if you do the right things. The podcast episode before this, the case study on that was, I think there was an email database of 20 and it resulted in tens of thousands of revenue per month. So yeah. depends on what you're selling, depends how good your email writing is, but you don't need a huge list. One of our most popular episodes, John, was the one where we talked about how you can get going with a list of 500 only. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've had plenty of case studies on this show that people had small lists. I still don't have a huge list. I think I've only got 9,000 people on my email list, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you I can outsell most experts who have lists of 500,000 because it comes down to the trust, equity, the relationship you have in the list, how you got the people on the list, yeah. what you're sending out, how many people open it, yeah. if you're relevant to what they want. 9,000 people on my email database is enough to give me a fantastic business. And I know that I'm serving those people well based on the open rates, the deliveries, and basically the lack of complaints or unsubscribes. So yeah. these are some of the health things you want to look at with your list and some of the variables. But in short, 
if you had a list of a thousand people, you're good to go. Anything above that, fantastic. Yeah. Right. For most sort of markets, mm-hmm. how many hours do you put into membership after it's all set up and it's running smoothly? Yeah. So obviously you're gonna have to focus on the setup. So you're gonna use some tools. If you're using 10x Pro.io, then everything's gonna be much easier in our perspective. <laughs> That's how we build membership sites. People ask us what tool to use. It's 10x Pro.io for everything. So that's just gonna make it easy. Then once it's set up, you pretty much don't have to really touch it. The only thing that you need to do is depends on how you have set up your membership site, right? So we talked about this in previous episodes. Membership site can have different components. The four main components that I see in membership sites from our members, from people like you, it's content that is published. So you can publish content on a whatever schedule you want, regular basis. It can be monthly, can be weekly, can be once every two months, whatever you decide, that's up to you. The second part is community, meaning you have a group of people who are talking to each other and you are moderating this and contributing. That can be in the form of a forum. That can be in the form of what we call a social wall. Just think private group inside a member's area. That can be just a form of a commenting area in a page, right? So it's just a little community. That's the second component. The third component is maybe you providing some kind of private coaching to some members as a third component. And the fourth component can be some kind of group coaching, either by doing live streaming sessions or things like that. And that will require some of your time. So it depends on you, how you have set up. Like for example, I have members who the only thing they do is once a week, they are live online for one hour and they're simply answering questions. That's their membership site. People pay them every single month and in exchange every single week on Thursday or on Friday or whatever day they picked, they are live. Like you and I are live now and people ask them questions. They answer, they help them out. That's it. So they show up maybe one hour every week. Others, they maybe post one video or one tip a week. And also they answer questions from their community. You know, I think you have a mix of those things. Other guys, uh, they do everything. So it's, it really depends on how you set it up. But the good thing with that, with all of the things that we talked about is that it gives you leverage. It gives you leverage because like the group coaching is one too many. So maybe you dedicate one hour, but it's like a leverage hour because you are serving multiple people. Posting content online, yeah, maybe it's going to take you an hour or two hours to create it, but it's an asset that you can use multiple times and you can reuse. And again, once you publish it, that's it. It's done. The community, it's an ongoing thing. And then you can work on your schedule. I know that you are very good with that, James. Mm. And I think you can say, well, every day I'm going to dedicate two hours to answer all the questions from my community. That will already be amazing compared to some of those guys that we see who never show up in their Facebook groups, right? So if you show up two hours per day, that's already going to be 99% better than most people out there, right? I had a new student today. He said, how often do you check the forum thread? Is it once a month or is it (laughs) once every couple of weeks or once a week? (laughs) I said, no, mate, every day. Yeah. Every day I check it. Right. I'll answer this from my perspective. My main role is to create content to attract members slash convert members and then deliver. Yeah. That's my main role. I can pay people to do the other tasks in the business. Now, if you're using 10X Pro, there aren't many other tasks to do in the business from a tech perspective. It's really only going to be anything else, you know, like helping get emails formatted if you, that's part of your marketing or creating content for distribution or running ads, those sort of things, SEO, tune-ups. Yeah. These things can help you grow your business, build your email list, et cetera. If you have book funnels and so forth, then you'll probably have to make a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. But I put about 15 hours a week into running my business. Mm-hmm. That's all my businesses. And the bulk of it is in three days of the week where I do podcast episodes and actual coaching. And then I do light maintenance every day, usually half an hour to an hour. I check in and answer forum posts. I've been doing that for over 10 years. So I really get into a routine with it. It allows me to do that from anywhere. 
And four days of the week, I can just do it on my own terms. There's no scheduled appointments four days a week. So I'm very flexible. I can catch planes. I can have a day off every now and then if I just don't feel like doing anything. And that's fine. Yeah. So that's when it's up and running and mature. And that can be a seven-figure business. Mm -hmm. If you're doing 80 hours a week and you have a five-figure business, then you're probably at the very early phases or you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of problem I help solve. So there you go. Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand this is uh, there's going to be a phase. Yeah, at the beginning, you might do a lot, but then you need to focus on two things is tools, oh. the tools to help you automate things. Tools, such a big one. Yeah, tools to help you automate things. But that doesn't mean that your business is going to be everything on autopilot. No. But a lot of the things can be on autopilot, like your emails delivery, your funnels, your pages, all of that. And then the second part is team. You need to think about building a team. So for example, doing customer support, like the support emails and all that stuff, or editing your videos or loading stuff on a page. This is something that a team can do for you. And that's going to save you a lot of time because at the end of the day, the end goal should be, because at least that's how I see most people like you, James, at the end of the day, our job is to take our phone, maybe record content, brand new content for our membership site, and then maybe answer some of the questions from our coaching members, right? So this will be at the end of the day, your job that you will need to do, but then everything else can be automated or someone in your team can do for you. Perfect. Someone asked, how do you do it without all the overwhelm and tech? Mm -hmm. That's easy. Yeah. 10xpro.io. Yeah. I actually saw someone have a sort of crack at answering this or a similar question. How do I get going on a low budget? And they said, oh, well, you get this web builder, you get this, that cart, this. use this plugin, <laughs> that thing, this. And they ended up yeah. like listing nine or 10. I'm not joking. Yeah. Maybe 11 things. Yeah. And they said, and when you start getting it going, then you can upgrade to this and that. And, the, and I just thought, gosh, that's complex. Why not just pay a dollar? Yeah, yeah. That's the worst advice possible. Yeah. Worst Frankenstein thing ever. It's very bad advice. It's the worst advice possible because the biggest reason, the number one reason people fail online is because of tech, because there's too much stuff, yeah. too many different tools yeah. being peddled around by people. Use this one, use that one. Oh, I like that one. Like, And then you need to try to stitch them together. And that's the part that nobody discusses. How do you stitch them together? And how do you then try and hope and pray that they keep on working together? Because the reality is that they're not going to keep on working together. And you're going to become a tech support person. And nobody who's listening to this, I bet, is trying to apply for a tech support job. Mm. We are all entrepreneurs. We're all online entrepreneurs. We want to build a business that's going to work. We're not here to try to fix plugins. We're not here to try to fix how WordPress is doing this or that. Hosting, backups. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a nightmare. That's doing what I call bad work. And, you know, I help these people out. I said, just pay a dollar yeah. and have all your problems melt away. Mm -hmm. It's fully hosted. The cart's there, the landing pages, mm -hmm. the membership, the community, the products, the upsells and cart integrates deeply with whatever email. Yeah. They reply back saying, oh, you know, there's always a problem with all-in-one solutions that you can't have pixel control on pages. They don't integrate well with email systems. And I said, well, you haven't tried 10X Pro <laughs> because it's so yeah. customizable. You can pixel whatever page you want. Mm -hmm. It's got infinitely customizable upsells and downsells. Yeah. It has the deepest integration with the email system of any platform I've ever seen because that's why it was- That's why it was designed. It was actually invented. Yeah. It was designed to be the glove for the hand of Infusionsoft back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And you know yep, that because right. you're the yep. inventor. 
(laughs) And people don't know the origin story, but when they do, they realize it's the most powerful package that is dressed up as the easiest to use package, which is almost Mm -hmm. impossible, but it actually pulls it off. So the more I use Mm -hmm. it, the more I fall in love with it. Thank you. We're going to round out with, this is probably my favorite one. Okay. Can I skip the free Facebook group? I'll give some context. Mm -hmm. In this world, the model they're taught is you start a free Facebook group, you put a lot of time and energy into that and deal with all the trolls and the thieves and the people who set up in competition with you and and who are in there to sell their own stuff. You grow it and grow it over time. And then you go in there and harvest it like a wolf into a sheep's paddock when it's time to sell the membership and hope you've got enough traction to get people to pay for the thing you're selling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am just stunned that that is the advice of how to do it. Firstly, the answer is no. You do not need a Facebook group. Like, yes, you can skip the Facebook group. I've never to this day run a Facebook group. You do not need to do that step. That's insanity to spend your lifetime on Facebook. And then you end up with a group like the one we've been rating for questions, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, completely unattended by the originator of it because they've got the money from the launch now and they've abandoned 40,000 people. Yeah. There we go. So don't worry about the Facebook group. No, yeah, I mean, I agree. I completely agree. That's not something that you need. Again, it comes back to what we talked about. You know, it's about build your audience, provide value, and definitely deliver on your promise. So don't do like those guys. Don't over-promise, under-deliver. Do the opposite. Yeah. Under-promise, over-deliver. Let's try that for a while. Plus, it's actually incredibly hard to move people from a free group to a paid group without upsetting people. There's a lot of upset people. Yeah. And there's a lot of blind leading the blind in these free Facebook groups. Like yeah. 90% of the questions are about how do I do it on a budget? How do I do the tech? Mm-hmm. What name do I choose? For? Like all the stuff that doesn't really matter. You know, I still haven't named Superfast Business Membership yet. <laughs> it's still just called Superfast Business Membership. Yeah. Maybe I'll come up with a name one day. I actually named yeah. Support yeah. Assist yeah. on Superfast Results and I named Silver Circle, but these things are peripheral things. If you want to learn how to do memberships, a different way than what's been taught in the high ticket programs. If you want to start for a dollar, go to 10xpro.io, join for a dollar. You get John, you get his courses, you get his training. You'll also get access to me because I keep an eye on this stuff and we're here to help. This is episode 830 at superfastbusiness.com. If we've talked about anything you want to recap, we do provide a full transcription. It's free of charge. Go to superfastbusiness.com. Look for episode 830. And of course, start your 10X Pro trial. Check it out. I do have a course on profitable memberships. It's over there at Superfast Results. It's very, very well priced. You'll be shocked when you see how little it costs. That's a good place to start. It also includes a trial of 10X Pro. So whichever way you go, that's what I suggest you do. John, thank you for coming and sharing your concepts. Thank you. I know we're getting good feedback on these episodes, so we might do a couple more. Right. Let me know whenever I'm here. (laughs) Thank you. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.